Welcome to the Cloth Diaper Podcast. This is episode 34, and we are returning to what's hopefully regular programming. My name is Bailey, and I am the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I am a mom of two kids, a cloth diaper blogger for years, and we've been doing this podcast thing for about a year, if this is the first time you're joining me. We celebrated a year in July, and then I kind of ghosted you for the last month or so. I apologize. I kind of got overwhelmed with summer. I mean, your kids get off the routine and suddenly you're like, now what do I do with my life? And it was really hard to continue to do the things that I always did. And I was enjoying summer because here in Northern British Columbia, we do not get much summer. Our summer has been cold. I have been wearing sweaters all year. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit bitter. I'm trying not to, but we're there. Today marks what's hopefully a rebrand of sorts for the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I'm excited to be bringing back more shows. I have a couple of recorded episodes with other bloggers and content creators, as well as the ending of Jay's Nest to kind of weave into the fall term. We might end up with shows every third, like every week or every other week, depending on how my schedule goes. My kids are going back to preschool soon. They're going back to daycare, but I'm also looking for a somewhat regular part-time job that pays. So who knows how things will evolve, but I am hoping to continue on with this show. Starting with today's episode, which is a chat with Bambino Mio. Bambino Mio is in a UK-based cloth diaper company. They produce a variety of different products, and today I'm joined with Guy. I am just going to jump into our conversation right here. I hope you enjoy. I'll always start with your story. So I was reading online that your cloth diaper story kind of started in an unusual place. You weren't even parents yet. You were in India. How did that kind of evolve and come to be? What an odd story in this space. Um, it's a strange, but as you say, well-documented story. So Joe and I were, um, I was working training in accountancy. Um, and uh, Joe was working for Marks and Spencers, if you know, big retailer yeah. in the UK. Um, and Joe was made redundant. She was a management trainee with, with Marks and Spencers. As I say, I was probably the worst accountancy trainee my firm had ever had. Um, and so we um, we both decided to to travel for a bit. This was this was back in 1991. Um, I'd always wanted to run my own business. Um, there were lots of things I, of my family will identify as sort of entrepreneurial things I did as a child. Um, but I'd always wanted to run my own business. So we travelled. Um, we travelled out of Europe and left left the UK end of September in 1991. And and our first stop was India. Um, so we were looking for business ideas. We were talking to a guy from New York. Um, we were at the Taj Mahal. It was it was one of those nights where it was very busy because it was a full moon and a lot of people go and see the Taj Mahal on a night like that. And we were standing at the classic position looking down to the Taj Mahal and talking to this guy about um, cloth diapers and specifically cloth diaper services in, the, in, in New York, which had been quite big in the 80s. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of diaper services around in those days. Um, and as we um, as we as we travelled around, uh, we went up to Nepal and, and ended up meeting some some a couple from Canada, um, who who talked about the same thing, talked about diaper laundry services, and then when when we got to Australia, which is where we sort of stopped for our travels to, to earn a bit of money, I was cutting grass for Sydney Council and would see diaper laundry vans driving around in Sydney. Uh, when we got to New Zealand, we visited a, a, a diaper laundry service there. So. Um, Mid-1992, June 1992, we came back to the UK and started one of the first um, 
as we would call it in the UK, nappy laundry services. Okay. Um, there were a few about at that time, yeah, um, more than more than we thought. There were probably um, 30 or so in the UK that, that sort of set up around our time. Um, and so, so sort of that's how we got started. Yeah, because sometimes if you're not looking for it, you don't know that that service even exists. So that's what I was kind of... And since then, that's evolved. You're not offering a nappy service anymore, correct? You now manufacture... No, that's right. I mean, we ran that for um, from 1992 for a few years, four or five years. It was, um, I think what we realized, it was, it was never going to be particularly scalable in our, in our case. We, we, we grew, but the, the, the customer numbers were always small. Um, but what it did do with the, running a diaper laundry service is it gave us fantastic experience of the product. Obviously, with a diaper laundry service, you're delivering every week. If, a, if parents aren't happy with the product or they're not getting on with it, <clears throat> you would turn up and, and, and they would stop using the service. And um, so you had to make sure that you were um, providing products that worked um, and, and a good service. So actually, it really helped with the understanding of the product. So as, as the, and, we, and we finished the, um, the diaper laundry service in, in 1998, 97, 98. Um, and as we got to the end, one of the things was more and more people were asking to buy the products to, to wash at home because obviously the cost of the diaper laundry service is sort of equivalent to, um, to disposables. And um, we see certainly with our customers that money saving is, is a big issue um, for them as well as, as, as all the other reasons why people would use cloth. Um, so actually more people were looking to buy. So um, what actually happened is we closed the diaper laundry service down and um, set up Bambina Mia, which was in those early days was, um, was just a brochure of, of products. Um, we didn't have the Mio Solo, the all-in-one at that time. It was, it was our Mio Soft sort of two-piece system, pre-fold and, and covers. But we had swim diapers, we had training pants, we had liners. But it was just a brochure and it was pre-internet days. So it was just um, small classified ads in the back of all the uh, baby magazines um, in the UK. And people would uh, phone up or write in for a brochure. We'd send a brochure and order form. They'd send the order form. Uh, we'd pack up the order, and we were we were working from home in those days, and um, and then just dispatch the orders, um, and that's how we started. And how things have changed, hey? Like that's yeah. not how you're ordering diapers today. Do you miss that simplicity almost, or do you find the there was something um, easier? Um, I mean, it is of course it's much easier now in terms. Of, there, there was something, yes, it was very simple, and it was simple times. It was. Um, it was um, um, it was just Joe and I in those days. Um, I think well, we had we had one other employee when we first started, um, and we were just selling mail order. And obviously, in the in those days in the UK, everybody was using disposables. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a real belief in what what we were what we were wanting to do. And I think um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you look now and obviously we're as you were aware we're, we're a much bigger company now selling all over the world and instead of just joe and i there's sort of over 80 of us now work at bambina mia oh wow um, it's, um yeah it, and it's growing very very fast but it's um so in some ways you, i mean it's a good point you, we miss those simple days <laughs> but we always this is i suppose we've we've got to a place we always wanted to get to and our yeah. our mission statement at the start was always to make it was very simple. It was to make uh, uh, reusable nappies, cloth diapers, commercially acceptable worldwide. And when we started, 
what cloth diapers meant in the UK was really just a pile of old-fashioned terry toweling nappies with pins mm -hmm. sitting in the back of a, a, a specialty retailer collecting dust. Um, but we had a real belief that this product had a real place and, and actually with the right marketing. And actually, if you could make it look and feel like any other mainstream baby product, and, and the advantage we have in baby, of course, is that people come to it fresh. They want to absorb in the information. First-time parents want to know all mm -hmm. about it. So you can make your mark as a small company with a different, category, with a different product um, that we set out to make it commercially um, acceptable worldwide. And, and hopefully we've done our bit to contribute to that because Bambino Mio can now be found in, on supermarket shelves and pharmacy shelves all over the world. Yeah, that's that's an amazing feat, really, to accomplish, to have it in commercial locations where people, like, in retail, brick-and-mortar retail that's not necessarily cloth diaper related. That's just mainstream. That's right. And that's always been our, our um, sort of strategy. And I think the fantastic thing is, is certainly when we started, there were lots of, most often retailers who would produce their own brand of cloth diapers, um, which never performed particularly well, um, and actually parents took the attitude that um, maybe cloth diapers wasn't for them, not because cloth diapers wasn't for them, but actually their experience with one specific brand hadn't been good. I think the great thing is now there are so many fantastic brands and fantastic products around the world that actually, whether people go for Bambino Mia or any of the other wonderful brands that are out there, um, the industry and, and the profile of the product is, is so different, which, which oh, yeah. makes it a great, great industry to be in. Yeah, it's really kind of changed and evolved. So how have your products changed and evolved? Have they over the last decade? Have you been? Yes, definitely. So we, um, I mean, we, we launched, if we're talking about the, um, if we're talking about the diapers themselves, yeah. um, we started with a prefold and, and um, a diaper cover, which was what we were using, what we knew, um, what we were working with um, in, the, in the diaper laundry service. Um, and it's still a really popular product. Um, which is purchased and, and enjoyed by lots and lots of parents. Um, but what we found, what we found is um, that for, for parents who wanted to give it a go or try it, or maybe essentially were disposable users, there needed to be a product in between. We, yeah. we, we initially wanted to find a product that was that was easier to use, and also we were starting to get into the grocery stores at that point and actually trying to sell a two-piece system which at that time had five sizes of, of, of uh, diaper covers, two sizes of diapers, um, trying to explain all that on a, sup on a supermarket grocery shelf, very, very difficult. Um, and actually, it was a time in 2007, 2008, all-in-ones were getting more profile. Um, and certainly, as the customer base grew from just being um, sort of committed cloth diaper users in the nice if you use cloth diapers as the market was growing and more people were coming from disposables and trying you needed something a bit more a bit, a bit simpler and easy to use which is where our, our sort of all-in-one Mio Solo was born in 2010 um, and we launched the initial one I think one of the things we changed on it if you look back to 2010 they were for one thing they were all just plain colors yeah um, they were very functional um, but certainly over time, we then started introducing sort of basic prints on them. We then worked with a couple of external artists. And actually, in the last year and a half, we've had Laura, who works in our office, who is a graphic artist, and she designs them all. So hopefully, all the people who buy our products have seen how those, um, how those prints have developed and um, how it's really popular. That's a really fun fact that you, so you, uh, one of your employees is 
doing the graphic design. Um, it's always yeah. it's always kind of fun to know where those prints come from. And that's been a real trend we've seen in the cloth paper space is a transition from solids into these trendy fun prints, which really attract people's attention. And I, and I think for us, the great thing is each year, as you may or may not have seen, we sort of have trying to have a story around it. So this year's story is, is Bugs Life. Yeah. Um, and it's all around in, insects. And we've just actually last week or the week before launched two more prints within that range. But because our product range has increased um, slightly, so those prints then you you see appearing on the washable change mat, on the Mio and the Mio soft covers, on the um, wet diaper bag. Uh, we have it in the liner in the um, in the change bag that we launched so last year. We launched a change bag specifically for cloth diaper users, and some of the lining uses the prints, the printed fabric. Um, we also have some of the characters and the elements printed on uh, muslin squares and swaddles. Um, so actually, it tells a whole story, um, mm -hmm. which is also really nice and, and brings it together and means there's something then to, to, to go to the market with um, to, to, to help non-cloth diaper users sort of really understand it and engage with it. Yeah. Um... That's such a fun, fun thing to do for your consumers. So one thing that I had though, having a, this is my first um, UK brand on the phone is I wanted to yeah. ask about why hook and loop or Velcro is so popular over in the UK versus snaps, which are so popular in North America. What do you think is that difference? Um, why, why are like, poppers not a common thing to see in UK brands? I think sort of over the, I suppose nearly 30 years, it's scary to say that I've been in the industry here. Um, hook and loop has always been something that has been ha has been popular. I mean, I think because there were the diaper laundry services before and they were all using hook and loop type uh, diaper covers. Uh, we've also, I mean, I think it, I think the thing about hook and loop, we've always sold it on the idea that it, that it's, um, that it's an easy thing to use and adjust the size and it obviously adjust on the adjust at the front of the um, of the diaper. Um, and I think we've always we've always insisted and always sourced sort of really good quality hook and loop. I think um, I think as as, as 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 people who use cloth diapers know there's a real range um, of hook and loop. Oh yes. Um, you can have some that will stick to clothes. Um, I mean we have our tabs on 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 ours. Um, which I, I was watching your um, the tabs are I fantastic. Watching, yeah, I was watching you talk about that on your um, on your YouTube channel. Cause I was watching the film you did about our product uh, yesterday evening, and um, yeah, you identified the tabs, and the tabs are great. But They're also, amazing. I think the quality of hook and loop, I and mean, we know we have we have customers right in who who've used our our product either themselves for more than one baby, or they've passed it on to family or friends for more than one baby. And if they've used the tabs and they've looked after it and washed at the right temperature. The, the hook and loop is still in really good condition, so it doesn't deteriorate. And I think, I think bits I've read, and I'm not claiming to be an expert. Um, <laughs> there are there are people who've had bad experiences of hook and loop, um, and and I think if you've had that bad experience, that then spreads because quite rightly people talk about the product and and it's easy to get that information. And I think that then. Um, that then um, sort of becomes part of the hook and loop is the myth of hook and loop is 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 not necessarily good for um, cloth diapers. But as I said, as I said at the outset, I think it's every, I think the thing about cloth diapers is one brand or one type of cloth diaper to one person, they'll say it's absolutely fantastic and they they think it's the best thing ever. 
it won't be right for others. And yeah. I think having that mix is really important. And I think as we as we do more and more in the US market and, and in the Canadian market as well, I think what's nice for us is we're, we're offering the consumer something different. Uh, it yeah. won't be for everybody, and I know it won't be for everybody, but I think if you look at, if you read review, some of the reviews or on Facebook, there's, there's a percentage of people who really like the hook and loop, and, oh, and yeah. at least they can feel with Bambino Mia that they're getting a quality, a quality product. It's definitely like um, a gap in the industry here in North America that when people ask for hook and loop options, the only options are really, yeah, Bambino Mio and Todd Spots and there's a couple American, but it's, they're not as popular. Um, what are, do you have some tips though for parents who might have a toddler who loves to unhook their hook and loop? What are some, some things yeah, that I mean, you the, might the suggest to a parent? The obvious one, and we all know why that happens. I remember, I remember when I first asked about this and, 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 because what happens, and we did it with them, and we have three children, so I mean, two of them are, two of them are in their twenties now. One's fourteen, so they're they're a long time out of uh, out of diapers. But of course, the problem is the first time they do it, everybody laughs and claps and thinks it's really funny. But when they do it for the fiftieth or sixtieth time, it's not so funny anymore. No, it's not. Um, so I think, I mean, that's the first thing. But you can't you can't tell parents you can't tell parents quite rightly not to not to do that. Um, to be honest, it's not. I know that it happens, and I've seen it in our in our own in our own children. Um, I've heard story anecdotally. I've heard, especially when in the two piece system that we do in the, with the prefolds and the covers. Sometimes people put them on back to front with a toddler, um, so they can't actually reach the reach the tabs. I've heard that anecdotally that that works for some people, um, but I think um, I mean our our Velcro is quite. Um, Especially on the on the on the Mia the Mia soft covers is is quite strong, so it's not something that easily comes off. But obviously, you've got a strong toddler; it is going to happen, and it's it. You just hope that they'll stop doing it. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those. I mean, and I have I grew up or not grew up, but I cloth diaper mostly with snaps, and yeah. they'll still undo a snap as well. Like a strong toddler yeah. will get anything off if they're determined. It's really yeah, exactly. So one of the most frequently asked questions that I got from a lot of people was if you guys have any plans to make a natural fiber diaper or switching out the quality of your um, absorbency in your products. Um, that seems to be a frustration. Um, I had a lot of people comment that they're, they're cutting out your microfiber and just using them as pockets with prefolds. And certainly that, I mean, we always, we always view our product as, a, as an entry-level product. So we do lots, okay. of, we do lots of work with... Um, Grocery. I mean, in Europe, we do, in Australia, we do lots of work with Aldi. I don't think you have Aldi in Canada, although US, we've done stuff with US no. Aldi. Um, so Aldi, a well-known um, German discount retailer. Um, and so that gets lots of people into the product because they'll, they'll promote our product for a very short period of time. So it's only available for, for a few days in a, in a baby event. Um, but it gets, it gets many, many thousands of people into the product. Um, but we see it as an entry level where some people, and I think I take your point that some people say that our, our diapers aren't absorbent enough, whereas actually you can read with other people that they use our diapers and they are really absorbent. And if they use yeah. our, our Mio boost boosters, they can, they've lasted 10, 12 hours overnight. And I think that's the that thing about different, different people. Yeah, absorbency is super variable for person to person. Um, yeah, and that's just that's a that's a hard thing. All brands would like. There's always going to be a brand that's never absorbent enough. Yeah, yeah no, and I think and and so um, 
We find that a lot of, and we did quite a bit of market research and talking to consumers. We did a huge insights project actually at the beginning of the year, sort of really trying to understand how parents use our products and use cloth diapers in general, and what are the barriers to entry and what stops them using if they don't get reasons why they don't get on with it. But I think with Bambino Mio, it's, it's very much seen as, a, as an entry point, and some people will move on to our Mio Soft two piece system. Mm-hmm. Some people are quite happy to stay with the solo, and some people will move on to other brands as they learn more and find specific brands that suit their suit their needs. And, I, and I'm really encouraged by that in some ways because I think the problem that we all suffer from, and this came out of the insights work that we did, is that some people, whereas with a disposable diaper, if 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 that leaks, as they all will at some point, or that it leaks frequently or doesn't work for them, they will just move to another brand of disposable diaper. Mm-hmm. Often when people get leaks with cloth diapers, they move to disposables. They don't think, well, maybe this this particular brand isn't right for me or doesn't isn't isn't the best fit for me, um, which is which is quite frustrating. But actually. I think what you see, we certainly see in, in Europe, um, and, and hopefully you see it in Canada and, and the US as well, is that if, if, if you can have a good quality, easy to use diaper as an entry point, then some will move on to another diaper within our range, but other, some will, many will move on to, to other brands, and their stash will become a mixture of many, many different, um, different types of, of, of diapers. So actually, to come back to your question, which is, I think, was about cutting natural out fibers. the um, with natural fibers. So we are looking. We we constantly look at our head of product con- is constantly looking at other fabrics that are about. But I think as you and we we try as a brand to look at it from both from both angles. One is about performance. So how yeah. how how well it will wash, um, how how well the stains will come out, how quickly it will dry. Um, but also it's about environment as well because single-use plastic is 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 huge on the agenda at the moment quite yes. rightly and diapers is often the forgotten uh, part of that I mean with my other hat on I chair our and have done for about nearly 15 20 years our trade organization so we spend a lot of time doing political activity and mm-hmm. lobbying working with politicians and environment groups trying to ensure that when single-use plastics are talked about so the obvious ones like coffee cups and straws and um, plastic cutlery, yeah. the, the diapers aren't forgotten because for politicians, talking about diapers and telling parents what diapers they should be using is, is, a, is a, always a bit concerning. And we've always talked about that actually it's not about banning them and it's as much as done with the other single-use plastics. It's about an education. It's about giving parents a choice because what we find more and more is there's an ever-growing number of parents who want to do who want to find alternatives to throwing away disposables every every day, but actually just need that information. They don't need to be told not to do it. And plenty of our customers, we know, use some disposables and use some, some cloth. And there's more and more people are doing that. And actually, when they get into it, they can see how easy it is. So they use it. So they use it more and more. So um, the thing. So so in terms of material, to come back to your question, in terms of materials. Not only are we looking at the absorbency and drying times, we're also looking at environmental impact because everything has environmental impact. Everything, yeah. We, we use microfiber uh, in our diapers at the moment and we do quite a lot of testing in terms of how much microplastic that will shed and where that fits with 
the general shedding of microplastic, which we, everybody gets on all clothing. Yeah. But actually, when we talk to, ex, we work with experts on this, um, and there's a specific one we work with in the UK, who actually is campaigning very hard with microplastics. And I know in a conversation a few weeks ago with him, he was saying, don't stop using that from an environmental point of view, because actually if you look at bamboo, if you look at cotton, everything has the environmental impact in terms of water, pesticides, the whole lot. And I don't think anybody can, and it's, again, it is about offering that choice to consumers so they can make the choice. So we have the microfiber, which some people really like and works really well and dries quickly and um, has, has, has many plus points from the environment side. But we also have the prefold, are 100% cotton. So yeah. that's offering something different again. So to answer your question, I'm sure in the future, I mean, we, we're, we're constantly looking at all these other fabrics that, um, that are available. Okay. Um, and, and so I'm sure at some point we will be, and it, it's about size of markets as well, because actually if the market becomes big enough for a different fabric for our, for our products, certainly we'll look at that. But part of it is about making sure that we don't get too confusing. I think, I yeah. think as a brand, Bambina Mir, we want to be simple and straightforward. So it's back to that um, being commercial, being commercial, and trying. I mean, we've always aimed for the mainstream. That's why we're in the supermarkets. Um, we want to bring more people to using cloth diapers. And if some of those start using other brands, that's fine. We're we're not we're not precious about it. But actually, by by being simple in our message and, and going for best performance and simple. Um, hopefully that, that will make it easier for parents to cross that barrier from thinking about using cloth diapers to actually giving it a go. Yeah, and I think I've heard from a lot of brands the same kind of rhetoric. And the if we get into the marketplace and we get into the mainstream, like it works for all of us. Like the entire yeah. diaper industry will benefit um, if we can just yeah, get over a lot of that fear and education and just even knowing about cloth diapers, right? I mean, the disposable diaper market has done an amazing job with marketing over the last couple of generations. So we definitely have a long way to go, but there's optimism, right? Like with brands like you who are spending time to do that and other brands creating products to meet other needs, right? So just focus, definitely. On, focus on a niche and a met, uh, yeah, and make meet that demand that you have. Um, something that's been really- and, and I think the the wonderful thing for us is, I mean, we do um, marketing. Digital marketing is a real focus for us. Um, so mm-hmm. we, um, I mean, we have a we have these. We there's eleven markets where we where we operate directly. Where we have a a local website. We work with retailers direct. Um, we have our social media specifically for that country. Every country we're working directly with, we have nationals of that country working in our office here. So 40% of our staff are non-UK. Um, we have every, I think we worked out the other day, we have every European language spoken in our office. Oh, wow. Um, and nearly half of those 80 people just work in marketing. Um, because, and so actually what that does is it means hopefully we have, we have quite close relationships with our customers um, through social, through email, through the website. Um, so, um, in terms of getting the message out there, um, it's the, the dawn of digital, digital marketing really helps companies of our size be able to reach the companies that are looking, the, the customers that are looking, uh, for our products Yeah. in a way that we'd never, none of us would ever be able to do 20 or 30 years ago when it was just a few huge corporates selling to millions and tens of millions of people. The world is now 
social media and, 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 and online has given the ability of many, many companies to sell to many, many niche groups, which is, yeah. which is great and great for the industry. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that has been really important to me over the last year has been talking about uh, transparency around manufacturing. So I was reading that you visited your factory and your diapers are made in China. What could you share with listeners about your manufacturing and your confidence in your facility? So um, our two, when we do manufacture a bit in Europe as well. We have okay. a, a facility we use in Lithuania. We make some products, in, a little few products in Spain. And actually we do have... Uh, one or two products made in the UK as well. Okay. Um, the but actually, it's not possible for us really to, on the scale that we are now, manuf find manufacturing facilities in Europe that can that can manufacture the volume of the quality that 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 um, that we need. So, um, I suppose seventy percent, over seventy percent, seventy-five percent of what we manufacture comes out of two factories in China, okay. both of whom we've worked with for nearly twenty years. Um, I've visited them on many occasions. They've visited us on many occasions. Um, we have, as well as all the sort of quality for the products, we do a lot of work on on um, sort of ethical best practice. Mm -hmm. So um, they're all audited um, using an organisation called SEDEX, um, which is actually the, the factories are registered on SEDEX and they're there for public view. Um, we also... Um, send in our own, as well as SEDEX, which is a recognized um, ethical audit. Uh, we also send in our own people, sometimes unannounced, to, to audits as well. Um, but I think if people want to take reassurance, and they're brilliant factories, um, they work with um, a number of other well-known uh, quality baby products that you would, that you would know. Um, but also because we're working with some really high-profile um, grocery and, and international retailers, they actually also send in auditors um, oh. to, to re-audit the factory. So it's sort of happening at about four levels. So we have the relationship and we go in on a regular basis and visit. And they're great factories um, and in actual fact conditions and quality and I mean, what a lot of people don't realize, which took me, which I didn't realize straight away, is actually labor laws in, in China are much stricter than, than in Europe and in the U.S. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and they're actually, changing rapidly, too. Like, they're, yeah. really, they're really evolving. Um, and it's just, but it's always great to hear it from the mouth of a brand owner that they've, they've been there and that they're very happy with the relationship with their factory. That's, um, yeah, and you'll those always are the words get I factories. love to hear. Yeah, but you'll always get factories, whether they be in, um, whether they be in, in China, US, or Europe, yeah. where they don't, they don't follow the law. The one oh, thing yeah. that, the one thing that we know is that even though Chinese law is tighter around overtime hours, worked, payment, etc., because we have them SEDEX audited and then auditors from these large retailers go in, they have to be, they have to be following exactly the Chinese law to the letter. And so we know it's sort of even better in terms of conditions and the way that, it, that, that, that workers are treated than, say, as I say, Europe, some Europe, many European and, uh, and US factories. So, yeah, we have... We have a long history. Um, there's always the um, there's always the question mark over um, over shipping and having to ship around the world. But we have, I mean, one of our biggest markets is is now Australia. Uh, we're doing more in the US, where we're shipping goods because we have those goods in China. It means that there's less distance for it to travel around oh, the world. Yeah, I love to hear that. It's um, just that confirmation is kind of. Uh, something that I really enjoy hearing um, and making less assumptions and trying to make sure we hear. Yeah. It. Yeah. 
Um, what do you feel has been one of the biggest shifts over the 20, 30 years that you've been in the cloth diaper space? Oh, I think, I mean, the, 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 the change in consumer attitudes to our products are just incredible. I mean, I remember, I remember when we first started the diaper laundry service back in 1992, I went to, um, I visited a local um, antenatal class. Does that okay. Translate, yeah, that's not yeah. Uh, something yeah. something that UK speak, English speak. Um, and <laughs> we, um, I went to an antenna class and I might as well have just stepped off a spaceship um, for what I was saying. You, I just had a room full of people who just thought I was completely mad in terms of what I was <laughs> saying to them. Um, and it's, um, it, the change from that, and people saying, well, do these things work? Do they... So they do and say, what a, what a ridiculous concept. And being completely alien um, to where we are now um, and, and listed in the, mo the, the major retailers in, in the UK, Germany, Australia, and, and we're seeing that happening in, in some of our other markets as well in terms of, in terms of the major retailers. Um, it's, just, it's just a massive change in, in consumer awareness. And I think for me over the last few years, Sitting in meetings, sitting in the most bizarre meetings, um, bizarre in terms of in terms of where we are I, uh, and what I'm doing, or, or or even on a personal level, where I meet people and people say, um, "Yes, I use your product," and and my friend uses your product, and your product's brilliant, and and actually that awareness about uh, washable uh, about cloth diapers, but also about Bambino Mio in general, that change has been um, has been incredible, really. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's such a great positive change to have seen over the last couple of decades oh, yeah. that you've been in here. Um, so my last question for today is, what what can we expect from you in the future? Where are you hoping to going? Do you have any goals to meet or anything exciting we should know about um, in the next year or two? I think um, I think for us, we want to um, we certainly want to um, we've set ourselves ambitious targets to continue to grow at the rate we do we're, we're growing. Um, we've got a few new product innovations coming along, although we're, we will always remain focused on change, what we term change time products, so everything within the, 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 um, the diaper type, type mm -hmm. category. And so, so swim diapers, for example, are very, are very big for us, and we've launched this year um, a matching rash vest. Um, we've launched a change mat, a, a swim diaper change mat oh, yeah. um, for the beach or for the pool. So. That, those sort of associated products. So we've got got more new products, um, more new products coming through. Awesome. Um, as I mentioned, we we carried out a big um, consumer insights project at the beginning of the um, beginning of the year to really understand. We knew there was more and more parents coming to this category. Mm -hmm. uh, we were seeing that from our sales of swim diapers and, and training pants as well because they're a big drive of the, the first product that people get into before they sort of go the full way and go into diapers. So we've seen more and more people come into that um, and more families wanting to live sustainable lifestyle. Um, but what we wanted to know was what was the barrier that was stopping them sort of actually go for it with cloth diapers. Um, because once people, what we found is most people who were using them were quite happy with them and, and, and were using them fine. So that's giving us fantastic insight in terms of how to help educate and and um, support people on their cloth diaper journey mm -hmm. um, so that's beginning to 
you will see that come into sort of our marketing and 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 general um, conversation with 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 customers over the next over the next while using those experience um, and continual international expansion. We want to keep the thing is for um, cloth diapers and, and Bambino Mio. Um, it, it applies to so many countries around the world that are looking for alternatives to single-use plastics. Yeah. And I think more and more people are realizing that, that diapers, um, I mean, if you go to Africa or less developed countries, diapers is a far bigger problem than it is in, in, in the Western world because they don't have, um, they don't have a, uh, their, their waste collected on a weekly basis or every two weeks like most of us. They're just, it's, it's, it's thrown into the street and um, yeah. and actually, Dealing with disposable diapers is, is is a real big headache, and so around the world, I think I think there's real opportunities as as we develop to um to, to for the product to be to be a yeah. proper proper global product, and then finally the the political cooperation. I say we do a lot of lobbying in the UK. There's a bill going through Parliament at the moment, the Nappy Bill, uh, which is designed to stop disposable companies making eco claims. So you know how. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They claim to be eco-friendly. They claim to be biodegradable. They claim to be compostable. In most places, those products will, even, even if they are, are never going to biodegrade or be compostable because most uh, most um, local local government don't have the um, the facilities the to do it. Yeah, yeah. And and otherwise, they just end up so they just end up in landfill like everything else. So there's a bill going through to stop. Uh, disposable manufacturers making these claims, and also to in- encourage local government to uh, to promote uh, wash uh, cloth diapers because that they can save money by doing that. So oh, yeah. it's all it's all a very exciting journey at the moment. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard the uh, a big international trend right now with cloth diapering from other brands that I talk to online. So cool to hear you also having that experience that. Um, yeah, because na- uh, cloth- reusable disposable nappies are really having a problem for a lot of places. But we'll have to pay attention to that nappy bill for you guys in the UK and see how it goes and um, see if it ripples across other countries, yeah. right? Um, there's, 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 there's initiatives about single-use plastics coming out of Europe, coming out of the UN, yeah. coming out of non other non-government organizations. And um, and it's just important, I think, that... that Cloth diapers don't get forgotten that they are a really important part of that. Uh, yeah. You may have seen, um, so the island of Vanuatu in yeah. the Pacific yeah. um, is the first country in the world to ban disposable nappies from next year. Yeah, so it'll be exciting uh, future we see her politically for nappies, potentially. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Guy. You guys, uh, Bambino no Mio is on Facebook, right? And Instagram uh, and everywhere, pretty much, right? We can find you. I hope you enjoyed the show today with Guy. If you're looking for the show notes for more information from today's show, definitely check out clothdiaperpodcast slash show dash 34. You can also find the Clothdiaper Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to Apple Podcasts. Not Apple Podcasts, but podcasts in general. Make sure you've subscribed, give a review if you like the show, and if you have any suggestions or you want to be on the show or you want another brand on the show, give them a nudge, encourage them to come check it out. I'm excited for a new season launch, hopefully to get busy. We've got some great brands coming up along the way, a few brands you've never heard of, a few bloggers you've never heard of, but nonetheless, the story still exists. If you want to be on the show, email me bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com 
And I think that's about it. I do have some exciting news about the Flapton Hem Washing Challenge that I announced at the end of August. So if you haven't been over to Instagram or Facebook, go check that out. And I know, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys either next week or the week after. Until next time, bye.